0: The thing with football is that with data, it's really unique because there's so many variables. You're looking at sports science, you're looking at the coaching, you're looking at the recruitment, you're looking at the medical, and a lot of it's been individualized. And what you're seeing now is that the management of all of that is starting to come together. And you're starting to see clubs link everything together so that as we talk about it, they can minimise that risk.
1: Joseph Simmons,
0: welcome to Winning with Data. Thanks. It's a real big pleasure to be involved in it. So thank you for inviting
1: me. Yeah, excited to speak today. You have been a lot of really cool places as a scout, as an analyst, as someone really core to the way that teams figure out which players they want on their roster and, and how they manage that. So let's jump right in with what are the, the common threads that you've experienced in your travels that are markers of success? What have you seen that is consistent when teams perform well and when teams are, are efficient and economical and successful in how they recruit and retain players?
0: So I think it's really vital for a football club to have an idea of what they want, short-term, medium-term, and long-term, but also to stick to their core values. And what you've seen with a lot of clubs that have been successful is manage that by putting in data that they've collected to highlight players that represent the football club and who can come in and continue their progression as a player, but also continue the club's progression to develop themselves and improve the club status. There's a couple of clubs at the moment that are doing that really well in the English Premier League with uh, Brentford and Brighton. They've been highlighted in the media of, of lately, certainly with the transfers that they're doing, and that's really important for a football club, really, to highlight.
1: One thing I'm fascinated in is our examples like Brentford and Brighton, are they finding players that others aren't finding? Is it the needle in the haystack or are they leveraging their position and promising playing time better than, than clubs higher up in the table? Or are they just more on the same page throughout the organization about how they want to leverage what their scouts have found?
0: I think what they've done is they've made themselves unique and they've highlighted themselves and they they've advertised themselves to football players who to say look this is a platform for you this is we we want to go places and we want you to be part of that journey and what they've done is they've brought in players which they've spent a lot of time looking at through field scouting but also from a technical scouting aspect lots of video hours lots of data and analytics and um, and I think they've gelled that really well by by creating this structure on a financial term, but also gives the players that position of power for themselves to go and freely play and, and not have so much responsibility and the pressures, but work as a team.
1: Analytics means something different to everyone. What does it mean to you and what do you think it means to the average or typical, I should say, sporting director in top flight English football?
0: So for me, analytics is all about supporting the players and supporting the staff, the coaches. It's about identifying certain set values in data which represent what the club are looking to do and looking to achieve and how they're willing to play. If you look at how certain clubs play, there's players which won't fit their mold sort of going back to and linking this question with the previous question clubs look to bring in players that will fit into their mold players that where if there's an injury or a player moves on then they'll have another player that can come in and fit into those positions really well and continue the way that well they're wanting to be viewed and the way that they want the club to push on in how they play and hopefully get success one of the key things with with analytics is that it's it's a form of risk management and that's certainly when what you've got to put into equation with recruitment every transfer is a is a risk in in some respects and what analytics is and certainly when you look at it from a sporting director or a, a football operations officer or or anybody in those levels of positions in football clubs they're looking at how they can Minimise minimalize the risk in the players that they bring into clubs. So as a collective, that's what they're trying to do.
1: You mentioned risk management. I've said a few times that if we didn't call it data and we just called it information, or if we didn't use the term analytics all the time, then there'd be a lot less dogma around some of this. And I wonder, how are you seeing organizations over time adopt quote unquote analytics and find, you know, reduce the amount of gatekeeping around data and and increase the amount of engagement and involvement of different stakeholders around the insights.
0: I think what's happening now is over the last 10 years, there's been a lot of data and analytical platforms that have come into football. And the thing with football is that with data, it's really unique because there's so many variables. You're looking at sports science, you're looking at the coaching, you're looking at the recruitment you're looking at the medical and a lot of it's been individualized. And what you're seeing now is that the management of all of that is starting to come together and you're starting to see clubs link everything together so that as we talk about it, they can minimise that risk and that's uh, where what's really good about analytics and certainly in the next 10 years, you're going to see a lot more of that. And I think the minimalization of risk in recruitment, but also in what clubs are doing on the field, be it coaching or again, like the medical department, uh, sports science, it's going to be a lot more connected and a lot closer together. And the communication is going to be better. Yeah. That resonates. Um, Yeah.
1: What about machine learning, AI, predictive analytics Some of these more advanced methodologies, some claim that this is a nice-to-have, some would claim that you're far behind if you're not using it, and I observe a a distinction that sometimes isn't acknowledged between performing anything that's predictive versus having a, a system and an infrastructure that allows decisions to be made with predictive insights on a daily basis. What are you seeing penetrate elite football in Europe and in England, and where do you think things are headed?
0: I've been to some conferences and I listen to and I join a lot of webinars and to cover the whole spectrum of football and listen to people across the whole border of the football industry. And one of the things that I, I hear is, again, how AI is helping with cost. And I don't mean just financially, I mean it with time. For example, the use of AI to help um, minimalize risk injury. That's something that I've, I've seen. Um, there's uh, several um, analytical and data companies that, that focus on that. And that's really important, I think, for, because you're dealing with players and you're dealing with their human emotions. And even from a recruitment point of view, to know how a player is, deals with injuries, that's something that you've, you've got to factor in when, when bringing into a club because it all depends on how you play. If you're a team that looks to play high intensity or press from the front, then you're probably going to expect those players to have a high amount of energy and there might be a high chance of having injuries. But if they're able to play and minimise their risk of injury because of AI showing you how to manage them, then it works for them and it works for you as a club. Uh, so that's one area of it. And then it's also how you go about coaching. I think the way coaches look at ai now there was probably a lot of skepticism maybe 10 years ago whereas now you've got a lot of coaches that are data driven you see it with i think julian nagelsman he had the big screen on the on the training ground and how he introduces analytics to the players so getting what you're trying to do across to the players you can only see that going even more developed and progressed
1: what do you think are the biggest obstacles to adoption by teams? I think many look at baseball and see these multi-million dollar departments with years of built infrastructure and think, well, there's a long, long way to go to get there. And and I mean, I'm leading the witness a bit here. We know what business we're in helping teams shortcut that process but what are you seeing as as the biggest obstacles is it ideological is it in terms of infrastructure and and understanding of of data databases and the need for for good data architecture is it staffing and talent or is it asking the right questions
0: the really exciting thing about football or soccer is that as i've mentioned there's so many variables to put into football also you've got to differentiate football with with American sports such as Major League Baseball and the NFL, and you know we've just seen the the NFL draft and how that's used, um, and and I think data has been so driven, or or certainly the data that we see now, um, it's it's probably quite old in terms of the the North American sports because it's it's been used so much and it's been there and it's it's been bedded into into the sports infrastructure whereas with football there it's it's only just starting to be understood one of the difficulties i suppose is is the cost of it whilst there are a lot of platforms out there the amount that you can you know the bigger clubs who can afford it They can have multiple analytical programs, whereas if you're dropping down to the third or fourth tier of the football pyramid in England or or any of the other countries, their financial resources are a lot slim and they're probably not wanting to invest as much in, in analytics. And that's where we're moving on to now is how can we use data to be more specific and more driven to say to these clubs, well... Don't focus on the financial side of things. Focus on how it's going to save you time uh, and allow you to coach, but also save you time in terms of looking at players. Um, so you do have to educate people. I don't think it's a difficult way. It's just saying it's kind of showing them that there's other certainly other ways and certainly other options which allow, and certainly from a coach's point of view, I think the coaches just want to go out and coach. They don't want to be overloaded with data. So you have to be specific. And, and that's where, again, like I said, like the last 10 years, there's been a lot of data thrown in. The next 10 years, it's about being more specific and, and going to coaches that maybe their financial resources are more limited and saying, well, we can put this into your structure and into your system and give you
1: results. That's well said. And there's different ways to look at all of these things, right? Uh, I think my personal bias is that teams can't afford to not be data driven. Or to not, as some would say, use anal- analytics because they'll fall behind the competition if they don't. And and this is a route, as, as you've seen in some of the examples you mentioned, in the Premier League, uh, it's a route to punching above your weight.
0: Yeah, for sure. I agree. I'm very positive about data. I'm, I'm someone who really likes it. I'm, I'm very fortunate that I've had a career where I've done field scouting and I've done technical scouting. So it puts me in a really good position to be in the middle and be able to highlight all the positives from both sides. What people forget is that data has been in football for a long time. It's just that there was an analytics. The difference is, is that it's become more marketed and it's become more media focused. There's a lot more pressure to highlight the positives. And I agree with you that if you look, no matter throughout the history of, of sport in general, anybody that's trying to get that 1% win, they will look at data and they'll look at analytics and they'll look at the how they can better themselves but also be better than the others. So it's starting to trickle down to clubs in lower leagues. The Again, like I say, it, the variables in football certainly in in europe and and the uk is is a lot different to and i try not to compare them but north american sports because there's a relegation promotion side of things with football whereas in um, american sports there's not so much well in fact there isn't so the data can be a lot more specific whereas Over in in Europe, in the UK, the data just, it changes all the time. And certainly the platforms are changing all the time.
1: That is such an important point and a common reservation in sports analytics is that knowing that the quality of the data input massively impacts the quality of the insights drawn out of any analysis. Bearing that in mind, in, in sports, data is often noisy. It's often very imbalanced and it's changing all the time. I'm excited by what machine learning can do to help those problems, like like the cold start problem when you don't have much data to work with in the beginning of a, of a project. But how are you seeing the type of data that's available, such as optical tracking data, impacting the way that stakeholders and that executives are viewing the way that they might approach some of this?
0: Certainly, again, and I speak it from the recruitment side is how can we use those to to bring in players' who identify with what the club's values are. So you're starting to see a lot more clubs use data and AI to try and look at players' characteristics and their personalities. You still need field scouting to look at that because you don't necessarily see your players' personality come out in data but what you do start to see, and certainly when you're looking at the the people that make the decisions, is that they're going, right, well, when we look at data, his data, like this player's data, is it relating to people that are already in our team? Are there things in there where we know that he could fit into into the mold of the team? Again, filtering it down. The lower leagues, the data's maybe not as, as powerful, but certainly in the top five leagues and the English Premier League, you're able to identify characteristics within the data where sporting directors or owners or chief executives or, or anybody in those positions can go, right, he's the guy for us. He's the player that will come in and, and help us to go to the next level or certainly join with the rest of the players to push us to the next level.
1: So last major question for you today, Joe, is, you know, build versus buy versus have a member of staff do something for you. That's an ongoing dilemma in the jobs to be done framework of every industry. And again, I'm biased in in my questioning here because this is something we're trying to address as a business. But. What are, you, what are you seeing and what do you think are keys to success in general innovation of how teams work and how teams operate? Where, you know, to put an example to it, when you want to have a data-driven insight or when you want to ask a question that involves machine learning, right now your options are to have someone build something for you or have someone bring that answer to you. And, you know, part of the mission of Gemini is to allow you to find those answers yourself. How have you seen other technologies? I mean, I, I think your journey is incredible. that you've, you've been hands-on filming matches yourself and you've been a part of an executive structure. So how have you seen technology change workflows? And how do you see people adopting AI and associated data technologies?
0: I suppose to answer that question is that, and I think I've said it previously, is that going back 10 years ago, the data there in the platforms, there was only a select few, whereas now there's a lot of analytical platforms and a lot of data providers. 10 years ago, there was a lot of emphasis maybe on the data gets thrown at you and then you have to be you have to pick it out yourself whereas now there's a lot more concise and clear data where you don't have to spend a lot of hours breaking down that data i think there's still an imbalance where you've got the visual scouting the field scouting again i'm talking from a recruitment side of things but certainly in other aspects of of football to change to well to change my answer basically is that you've you've got the human you've got the human eye um, and then you've got the, the A well, the AI. Uh, And I think the AI has, has got so big that the human eye is trying to catch up or there's certainly, you're trying to find that balance. Now, some clubs are able to do that. I think some clubs have done that. Um, It's, it's now about trying to uh, get all clubs and finding that right balance. Um, you don't have to spend loads of money. You, you just have to, you have to have the right platforms in place and you have to have the right people in place. You don't have to spend hours and hours learning things. Um, you just have to bring in the right analytical tools and you have to bring in the right people. Um, and again, it's not about spending loads of money, bringing a whole department in. It's just about educating people. You can educate a coach or, or a physio or a sports scientist to learn how to use data, use analytics, and then it's up to them how they want to distribute that education.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think ultimately technologies are here to serve people and yeah. what people are trying to achieve in their jobs.
0: Yeah, I agree. That's the key thing. I think a lot of people have got, I'm not going to say wrong, because that's not the right way. I think it's just an educational learning basically we're we're always learning something i love to do is learn that's why i like data and analytics so much and how it's come into football but you see a lot of people kind of take on data and analytical platforms and not really know how to fit it in and it disrupts the balance whereas if you just take your time and you go right how can data help us and well to connect previous questions the ai is there it's it's there for us to use and it's positive It's never going to um, take over, you know, the human side of things in football because ultimately football is. This isn't esports, and football is a human thing. It's it's using real people. Again, you're you're dealing with personalities and things change. So data will always show you what's happening, and then it's up to the to the person that looks at that data and looks at that analytics that's being provided and going right. How does it help us? How do we get that one percent? better. And that's the key thing is don't look and try to be 100% better. I think look to try and be that 1% better. And that's where data can and analytics can help you is that if you can always just improve by 1%, then
1: you're going to see success. Very well said. Joseph Simmons, thanks so much for your time today. Cheers. appreciate it. Thanks.